The world of agriculture, like most businesses, can require a great deal of capital to make it work. When someone doesn't have enough of their own, financial organizations help fill the gap. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Rural Perspectives Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Ulbrich, and today we'll be speaking with Dustin Thur, Market Vice President with Egg Country Farm Credit Services in Valley City, North Dakota. Welcome to the program, Dustin. Thank you. Let's say I approach you about borrowing some money for a farming operation. Walk us through what a typical conversation and borrowing practice might look like. First of all, we we talk about the potential request up front, but as far as gathering information, there's always a handful of things we try to gather, actually on a consistent basis year to year, and that includes a balance sheet, income and expense from this past year, and also a projection for the next year. Um, These annual updates happen on a consistent date each year, every year thereafter, and this is done for proper annual calculations and comparisons to be made from, from a balance sheet to an income and expense statement. We want these balance sheet years to align with the income and expense years, so we try to keep that consistent for calculating earnings on both the balance sheet and income and expense side. So we try to gather all that information to give the prudent information to the customer and make proper analysis decisions and structure the loan how it fits their needs. Now, as a lender, what are you looking for in a prospective customer? Basically, what we like to, to get our hands on initially is, is if it's a producer that's been operating for several years, we like to get our hands on a few years' worth of balance sheets and income and expense statements so we can do a trend analysis as, long, as with looking at the current situation. Everything is risk-based, so we want to make sure we, we structure everything accordingly and, and, and not put somebody into a, a position where they can't handle it. On the flip side, do you feel a borrower should be looking for something when they're seeking a loan? Well, you got to have a great relationship with the person you're working with. Uh, the loan officer, that, that relationship is not only a person to get money from, but you got to be able to to take advice, uh, analyze your your situation, be comfortable uh, to talk situations, and come up with some uh, some ideas. The, the sky is kind of the limit as far as that goes. We just got to come to a, an agreement and and make sure everybody. Uh, both people are on the same page. How important is communication in this process? Very, very important. I mean, with uh, communication availability, you know, between cell phones, everything, I mean, the the people like we deal with currently now are constantly calling. I mean, it's a 24-7, 365 job. So something comes up, you just call, you talk through it. You don't, you know, don't make rash decisions. We're dealing with a lot, a lot of money here and, and people's livelihoods. So we want to make sure we're making the correct decisions when, when analyzing these things. Is there some type of rigid structure that lenders follow or is it more of a case-by-case type deal? It's all uh, differential analysis. So without having any information, you don't you don't just come out and say, this is what we can do with you. I mean, it's it, you got to structure to the person. The particular person may be super strong, the, the needs might be small, or there may be some weaknesses and things that we need to improve on and the, and the demand is huge. So it's all case by case. Obviously with a 10-year customer, you you know them very well. So uh, that comes back to that whole relationship thing. You know, if you, you pick up the phone and, and discuss something, there's a pretty good chance that if you have that relationship, we can just tell you it's going to work or not too. So. Is the process the same for all types of loans? For example, uh, coming in and trying to get an operating loan versus a real estate loan? Yes and no. There's different aspects. Uh, There's different procedures, different 
protocol that comes along with both different requests. So I'd say the operating loan is going to obviously directly come to the income and expense that you deal with from year to year, but they both do require analyzing what kind of cash flow as far as repayment ability concerns there are. So, you know, obviously operating can cover expenses, but you still have that interest expense that you need to cash flow. Whereas the real estate, you may have a larger demand to deal with. So it does come down to cash flow in both instances, but there are different aspects to look at in both situations. You hear a lot about the five C's of credit. Dustin, what are they and how do they apply to those looking for a loan? So we get all that information gathered and we look at the five C's of credit as kind of a baseline of our analysis here. The five C's of credit are character, capital, capacity, collateral, and conditions. To start off with character, the definition is defined as a customer integrity and ability to manage the enterprise finance. So in that category, character, we may look at financial management, marketing management, and production management, for example. And, the, and, and somebody might be good at one category and lacking in the other. You may have a partner and that's fine, but that's one of the categories where we look at those aspects. Capital section is where we spend a lot of time uh, discussing the actual balance sheet, the, the ratios, how much depth we have to qualify and quantify the balance sheet in this category. Capital and capacity, I say, are two of the more important categories that we spend a lot of time on as far as the actual finances go. The capital, like I said, is strictly balance sheet and numbers. Capacity is the cash flow part of the operation. What can we afford? Is there repayability? Do we have a viable operation? The next one down the list, collateral. There are regulations for some of this where we need to be. It is also risk-based. If we have a tougher situation or or we're out of line with normal parameters, we may ask for more collateral. Or if it's easy slam dunk type deal, there may be less. And and it it also is, again, differential analysis. It, It comes down to the strength of the unit as well. So conditions, the last one is basically if there are any conditions attached to the loan, the agreement between us and the producer. Is there covenants that need to be attached or is there something that needs to happen before, during, or after the loan that we come together with? You've mentioned balance sheet a couple different times. What makes this item so important to the process? It's kind of the baseline of what we we start our analysis off of. One thing can make up for another. If you have a deep balance sheet and, and you have maybe a tough projection, for example, you may be able to fall back on your balance sheet if there's depth. If there's not, we got to take certain parameters and offset some of that risk. And that may be uh, collateral, it may be it may be your cash flow. They all kind of work together. So one can make up for the other. If, if you're strong in one and you're weak in another, they can make up for each other. So the balance sheet is very, very important. The depth, the lack of depth, uh, it, it all stems off of that. So then when putting together a balance sheet, what does a good one look like? Well, we look at a couple uh, key ratios that most people would, would know would be the equity ratio. Not only the ratio, but the depth. You know, you can have a, a high equity ratio and not a lot of depth, and that doesn't go a long ways where you may have a high equity ratio and a lot of depth, and it does. So equity ratio is a key one. Working capital is very, very important, and we push that very hard. 
and we use that as a, we compare the working capital to a projected gross farm income, and that's kind of a ratio that we look at strongly. Cash is king, the, the, the working capital gives you options, not only if you have a hiccup one year, you can absorb it, but it also gives you opportunity for capital purchases or, or whatnot. You don't have to necessarily borrow, you're using your own funds. You're putting more skin in the game yourself. So, How often should a document like this be updated? We update it annually on a consistent basis. We try to do that no matter what. If it is a significant request, we do things such as called a post-close balance sheet. We may throw the significant request into the balance sheet and generate what it would, it would look like if this were to come through. And then we can tell you what your, again, your equity ratio would do, your, your working capital, your cash flow, everything with that new request in there. So. We do it on an annual basis, but we also would do it on a, a significant request in the interim. Or if there's a, a tough situation where maybe we had some weather events and, and you want to know where we're sitting and what it's looking like, do we need to take an early look at it? Then we would, uh, we would generate a financial package at that time too. We are speaking with Dustin Thur, Market Vice President with Egg Country Farm Credit Services in Valley City, North Dakota. Dustin, we've spent our time talking about borrowing for agricultural purposes. However, I would imagine that personal spending also plays a role in all of this as well, correct? Yes, uh, the family living part of it is is included in the income and expense side of things, and it all stems together. Cash flow uh, comes down to what you have left over, margin you have to work with. That, That can tell you if you have ability to buy any other capital or build your balance sheet, your working capital. If you spend too much personally on family, li- family living, it's just going to take away from that. It might even cause it negative and eat into your balance sheet. So it is very, very important to uh, maintain an adequate amount of, of family living and not go overboard. It does affect a balance sheet greatly. And so are you looking for specific people to track their exact spending for a month or a year, or, or how does that work? It, it depends on the situation. Uh, we do want very accurate numbers as far as total summary level. How much have I spent for the year on everybody? And the reason why that is, is we calculate earnings both on the balance sheet side and the income statement side, accrual income. And those numbers need to jive, and that tells us we have accurate numbers. And if any one of them numbers is off, including family living, it's not going to jive. And we have to do some digging until we're satisfied. Now you commonly hear of a person's credit score mattering more when financing a new home or, or a vehicle or something along those lines. Do credit scores play a role at all in agricultural-related borrowing? Yes, we do look at that. There could be circumstances why it may not be strong, and, and that's fine as long as it's explainable. Uh, we don't rely totally on that. That's why we do all the analysis we do on the balance sheet and income statement side and projection side. So it is very important. It tells us a lot about the character in the management, and that's where we do cover some of that in that category as well. For the younger generations listening along who might be looking to take over their family operation or get started in farming, what type of resources are available for them? We love young beginning farmers. We have a couple programs ourselves, such as uh, you may qualify for a a better rate just because you are a young beginning farmer. We do give scholarships for education. We love doing that. We also look at giving breaks on certain aspects of the business, such as maybe tax or records, where, where you may have better management skills in other areas, but you're lacking in them, so you need some help. 
So we would we would do things like that to benefit a young beginning farmer. And I'd say the most important thing out of all of that is the education piece. We want to we want to make sure and work with them and get them on the on the right path. And then sometimes lenders also reach out to governmental organizations such as the Farm Service Agency. How closely do you work with them when it comes to this demographic? We have a strong relationship with FSA, Bank of North Dakota, all those types of situations where where we'd maybe have to partner up with them. There's programs that they both offer that are great for young beginning farmers. They may not do the whole request, and that's where a partnership between someone like us and FSA and Bank of North Dakota uh, is very, very important, and it gets the, the young beginning farmer on the right foot too. And ultimately, it's finding the right solution or the best possible outcome for the young beginning farmer. Absolutely. If a younger farmer is looking to take over the family operation, is it helpful to have all the generations present when meeting with the loan officer? I, I think more times than none, yes. There is some circumstances where it seems to be where we have had uh, more than one generation in the room and they, you tend not to get the full picture too because they're a little sheepish or something. But more times than none, the, 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 main gener- the, the older generation is going to be very, very supportive and and they are absolutely more like 99% of the time are involved in the whole process and willing to support them in financially and in any other way they possibly can so and if somebody listening along is looking for help putting together some of these important documents that we've talked about does do loan officers help them with that or are there any additional outside resources who can be of assistance there's outside resources but what I'd say is is just pick up the phone or stop in and talk to somebody, ask the questions. We'd be happy to give you blank information as far as what to fill out, to take home with you, how to fill it out, get you on the right foot. And in my experience, I've done this a lot, and they have taken it home, and we've had probably two or three meetings just to get the the first set of documents correct. So we're more than willing to put the time in with, with the uh, potential customer to get things right and on the right foot. So just can't be afraid to stop in and talk to somebody and get the information. So ultimately, what is the biggest takeaway you'd like to leave with those listening along who might be curious about the lending process? Don't leave anything for granted. You you want to make sure that you, you, you put all the attention into all these aspects. It may not be a person's favorite thing to do, but it's very, very important to the process. You need to know these things in order to make the proper decisions. So like I said, don't don't just push this to the background. Put the time in, and if you, if you don't like it, get a partner and get somebody you can trust to, to help you through the process. Dustin, I want to thank you very much for coming on today. Appreciate it. Absolutely. That is Dustin Thewer, Market Vice President with Egg Country Farm Credit Services in Valley City, North Dakota. That's going to do it for us on this episode of the Rural Perspectives Podcast, which is a production of Egg Country Farm Credit Services. To get more great content, please visit www.eggcountry.com.